I want to talk to us this morning about prayer. Uh, how we as the saints of the Most High God are to pray. So I've entitled it Prayers of the Saints. I have a couple of scriptures which we'll read in a moment, but I want us also to focus in on Jesus' prayer in the garden. So you may like to turn, turn to Luke 22 or Matthew 26 in your Bibles. Prayer is always important, isn't it? Always important for the people of God to be praying. And even more important when we find ourselves in the midst of a global crisis. And this is not just a health crisis now. It is increasingly becoming a hunger crisis. More and more people going without food. And that will mean that they will starve to death eventually in many places of the world. So we need to go on praying like never before. So many exhortations in the scriptures for us to pray, to keep on praying, to press, press in in praying, to press through in praying, to persevere and to pray without losing hope and giving up and to pray unceasingly. Prayer for the Christian is like breathing air, isn't it? You cannot be a Christian without prayer. We cannot exist without daily communion with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And that's what prayer is. Prayer is connecting with, prayer is communing with, prayer is talking with our Father, our wonderful Saviour Jesus and our Helper, the Holy Spirit. It is part of the sacrifice of prayer and worship we bring as the people of God. And our prayers rise before the throne room of grace and before the Father as a sweet-smelling incense, the scripture tells us. And I want to think about how, as the saints of the Most High God, what a privilege that is that we are saints. We were alienated from God, we were enemies from God, we were lost in our sins. God has called us as his people and transformed us from sinners into saints. And the job of a saint, one of the jobs of a saint, is to pray and to pray and to pray and to pray. So firstly, let's look at 2 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 7. Therefore I exert, exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So here Paul writing to Timothy instructs that prayers need to be made for everyone, especially those who are in authority. And those prayers are to take the form of supplications, those are requests and uh, um, asking for things. They are 
uh, intercessions. That's where we pray on behalf of other people. And that is the giving of thanks. In another place, Paul talks about uh, those requests when we come and ask something of our Father, that they be specific, that they include detail, that we're clear about what we're asking and desiring the Father to do. That we don't just have wishy-washy, open-ended prayers, but we pray what we're longing and desiring the Father to do. So, so important. We pray specifically, and it can be really helped when we pray with Scripture. Using this passage here, we so often use a little model for prayer, don't we? Uh, which we call acts. Prayers of adoration. Prayers of confession. Prayers of thanksgiving. And then we bring our supplications to the Lord. Prayer, prayer can be helped by patterns and rhythms. Indeed, the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer we call it, the Kingdom Prayer, all of those areas about how we live in the Kingdom, in that prayer. That's another great model for us to shape our prayers around. But the context in this passage and the context we're going to find in the second passage we look at is that all men might come to a knowledge of the truth in Christ Jesus. All will be saved. The great focus of our prayers is that people would come to know Jesus. Are we praying for people to come to know Jesus? That the, the truth of God is revealed in men's hearts, in our town, in our country, and increasingly across this world. The good news of the gospel being made known. Jesus being shared as Lord and Saviour. Paul prayed for strength and boldness. to do, Asked for prayer for strength and boldness to do that. The second scripture I want to look at is the great scripture in Ephesians where we think about the armour of God, our spiritual clothing, part of our spiritual clothing, and our God suit as the youngsters have been looking at in mini-Zoom. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So again we find the context here is Paul is seeking prayer that he would be bold about sharing the gospel. Bold about the mystery of Jesus the Saviour. And we need to pray for one another because the instruction here is to pray for all the saints that we would boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ. Boldly share Jesus so that he might be known. And the great offensive weapon we have as part of the armour of God is to pray always with all supplications 
in the Spirit for all the saints. How do I pray in the Spirit? Well, I pray with passion. I pray with perseverance. I pray with power. And I pray from my heart, from my inner spiritual being, where the Holy Spirit dwells. I connect with the Spirit and pray as the Spirit leads and guides. Jesus prays for us in the throne room of heaven. There is a man who stands in heaven who ever makes intercession for us. So Jesus prays for us in heaven. The Spirit prays in us and through us to release prayers and supplications for the world. I pray in the Spirit till I touch the Father's heart. And when I know what's on Father's heart, then I can get about doing it and putting it into practice. I pray until something happens. I pray until I find the breakthrough. That might come quickly. might take a little bit of time. It might take a long time. It might take years. But I keep praying until I find the breakthrough. Or as the Puritans used to pray, say, I pray until you pray. You know, there's, there's, there's a practice of prayer and then there's getting into the place of breakthrough in prayer where we get in the Holy Spirit. Where we know we're in the presence of God and we're touching his heart. We have to pray, start in the flesh till we move into the Spirit. So we find that freedom and that flow where we know then the Holy Spirit is flowing through us with the things that have come from Father's heart to touch and transform our hearts. Prayer takes time and it takes effort at times and it takes repeated practice. So what types of prayer then, These, those are the means and the modes that we can pray in, what types of prayer might we bring then as those saints of the Most High God? What is the substance of our prayer? I would like to suggest to us that there are four different ways we can pray and we can see evidence of these as Jesus prays in the garden. So I want to think about us praying as slaves, particularly bond slaves. I want to think about us praying as servants. I want to think about us praying as sons. And I want to think about us praying as soldiers. A bond slave in the Old Testament was a slave who'd been purchased by her master and a slave would have served for seven years. And at the end of seven years, they were free to go and leave the master's service. And what a bond slave would say, would do, would be he would know that he is uh, devoted to his master, he's fully commit committed, wholeheartedly devoted to his master, and he wants to stay. He doesn't want to go. He knows he's loved and valued. And what he'd do as a sign of that, he would take a nail, or an owl, that they called it, and he would take his ear, his right ear, I think it was, and he would nail it to the doorpost of his master's house. And what that would be saying is, I belong to you. I am fully committed to you. I am wholeheartedly devoted to your service. 
And those are some of the prayers I think we need to bring. And they need to be evident in our lives. Paul in Romans 1, 1 and Colossians 4, 7. In the first one he refers to himself as being a bond servant. And slave, bond slave, sorry. And in the second one he talks about one of his colleagues being a bond slave. You know the Lord owns us, possesses us on two fronts. He created us and he redeemed us. He purchased us with the precious blood of Christ in that redemption. And so therefore our prayer life should be constantly reflecting our thanks, our gratitude, our commitment and our devotion to his service. So it's maybe one of the best places to start in prayer. Giving thanks for all God has done for us. So often the way we start our prayer together on Zoom. And Jesus in the garden is fully committed in his prayer to the Lord's will and the Lord's way, isn't he? The Lord isn't forcing him to be there. The Lord isn't making him be there. Jesus at all times has the freedom to walk away. But he doesn't. Oh, that you might take this cup of suffering from me. Basically, Father, if there's another way, can we go the other way? Because I'm a man full of the Spirit and I love life. And I don't want to go through death. But not my will, but yours be done. The prayer of the bond slave. Gratitude, thanks, appreciation, devotion, love. Because we know we belong to Father. The prayer of a servant. Prayers looking to be obedient. Prayers looking for how we're to serve. Prayers seeking the instruction of the Father for our lives. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 talk about as coming as living sacrifices. And this is our acceptable service before the Lord. One of the hallmarks of Jesus' prayer life was that when it was dark, either early in the morning or late at night, you would find him alone, in solitude, in prayer, spending time with the Father. So that he knows what Father wants him to do. Remember at the beginning of his ministry, they bring to him at the end of Mark's Gospel, I think it's verses 32 to 34, something like that. They bring to him, at, uh, as Sabbath ends, they bring to him all those who are plagued by illnesses or all those who are oppressed by the demonic. And he heals them all and he delivers them all. And then the next day the disciples can't wait for another day of revival in this town. And but they can't find Jesus. Because Jesus is alone with the Father, praying, getting the instructions for the day. And the disciples come and say, look, everyone's waiting. 
We can't get enough of this. Let's have some more. This is marvelous. Fantastic. And Jesus says, no, no. We must go and preach the good news of the kingdom in all the other towns and villages. He has been with Father, with that prayer of the servant, and he knows his instructions for the day, and he's going to be obedient. So the prayers of a servant seek the Father's instruction and the Father's will for our lives. In the garden, not my will, but yours be done. And then the prayers of a son. Knowing our son and a daughter. Intimacy, Abba, Father. Romans 8, 12 to 17. Where the, through the Spirit we cry, Abba, Father. You know, in our prayer lives, we need to know that we are loved. We are valued. We are cherished. We are precious. We are priceless. We are treasured possessions. All of these are expressions from the scriptures revealing to us who we are because Christ has saved us. You know, if I know that God loves me, I can come with confidence and assurance and boldness into his presence. If I know he always hears me, wow, that makes a difference to my prayer life. You know, if I'm praying a prayer and I'm not even convinced he's going to hear me, I can't be very convicted about it, can I? I'm not going to be very specific if I think he doesn't listen to me. But the repeated picture from the scriptures, so often in the Psalms we find expressions of the Lord bending down low with his ear inclined towards his children, like a good father does with children, like you will have done with your own children. Intimacy in prayer, so, so important. Jesus in the garden, Father, Father, Father. Knowing that we're loved and cherished makes a huge difference in our prayers. The prayers of sons and daughters are powerful and carry conviction. And then finally, the prayers of a soldier. Warfare prayers. Prayers where we receive orders, prayers where we come against what the enemy is seeking to do in people and places and on this planet. And of course, Ephesians 6 talks about that. Our, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, mights and dominions, hosts of wickedness in the uh, heavenly places. You know, the will of God is contested and thwarted on this earth at times by the enemy and his troops. Praise the Lord, there are more on the Lord's side than have revolted with Satan. But there are times where we need to come in prayer and overcome the enemy in Jesus' name. And so often in Jesus' life, we see him as the demonic exposes itself and reveals itself. We see Jesus address it with prayers of authority, the prayers of a soldier. Out! Be gone. Come out. People set free. You and I are given authority to pray in the name of Jesus. Prayers of soldiers. Jesus in the garden. 
is undertaking the prayer of a soldier because he's wrestling with and he's overcoming the spirit of death. Oh, how my soul is overwhelmed within me. As a man, he feels death trying to lay hold of him. In the spirit, he feels the spirit of death surrounding him and oppressing him and seeking to crush him. But he overcomes through the prayers of a soldier. And then he's able to go to the cross to seal our salvation. Hallelujah. You and I need to direct our prayers against the enemy at times. To come against that which harms life, dehumanizes people, and brings death and destruction in so many different ways. The prayers of the bond slave, total commitment, thanks and gratitude. The prayers of servants seeking instruction in our service. The prayers of sons and daughters coming to a loving father we know who always hears us. And the prayers of soldiers ready to overcome in the name of Jesus and bring the kingdom where the enemy is at work. I encourage you to lift up those prayers. Those prayers will go as the smoke of the incense went up with the prayers of the holy ones from the hand of the angel before Jehovah. Revelation 8, chapter 4. Our prayers are constantly in the presence of God. If we put the final slide on, I can't read it on there without my glasses, Hugh. God shapes the world by prayer. This is E.M. Bounds, famous preacher. The prayers of God's saints are the capital stock of heaven by which God carries on his great work upon the earth. I said right at the beginning, prayer is our very breath. But prayer is one of the ways and means by which God shapes and changes and transforms this world. There's a mystery to prayer, yes, but God uses it. God could do it all on his own, but he chooses to work and partner with you and I. And one of the great parts we have to play is our prayer life. And as God's people pray, God moves and brings about his plans and his purposes. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer changes things. One of the famous archbishops said, When I pray, things change. When I don't pray, they don't. It's not just a coincidence. Might have been Archbishop Temple. I may be misquoting him there though. But in and through our prayers, God does far more than we could ever hope or imagine. One day we'll get to see the difference our prayers make. It's just important we pray and we keep on praying. And we've got an ongoing passion and fervor for prayer. Tom Wright, N.T. Wright, talks about prayer being like paint working together with a great grandmaster artist. So God is the grandmaster artist. This world is the canvas on which the grandmaster is painting. And we are the paint. The prayers of God's people are the paint. And as the paint is movable and malleable and submissive to the brushstrokes of the master, something beautiful, something amazing, something wonderful 
is brought forth. That's how the Lord works in and through the prayers of the saints. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we are called saints, that you have rescued us from sin and death, and you have transformed us into saints who are your sons and daughters, your dearly beloved children. Father, we thank you you've given us the great task of prayer. And Lord, we cry out, teach us to pray even more. Take us to a deeper level, we pray. Father, uh, pour out your Spirit on us afresh in the realm of prayer, I pray. Father, I ask that you would anoint us with a deeper anointing to pray and to intercede in and through the power of the Spirit. Father, touch and transform the prayers of each one of us, our individual prayers and our corporate prayers. This I ask for your glory, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.